Hello and welcome to another episode of the Genius Podcast. My name is Karen Doyle, your host of the podcast and founder of the Genius Project, an initiative for Catholic women designed to support and resource you in your growth across all areas of life, spiritual, professional and personal. It's been a huge and wonderful few months here at the Genius Project as we've rolled out this Catholic Women's Masterclass. The fruits in the lives of the women going through this course has been truly, truly beautiful. And so I just wanted to let you know that we are opening, we have a wait list and we are opening up those spots for two new intakes in September. So we have an Australian-based group and a USA-Canadian-based group. So this Masterclass really unpacks over nine weeks these rhythms of renewal. And it's all about living a life of wholeness and balance in Christ across all areas of our life. So if that interests you, please get in touch. You can see more on the website on the Masterclass page, www.geniusproject.co or email me, karen at geniusproject.co. In this week's episode, I interview artist and teacher Vivian Body. Vivian lives in Sydney, Australia, and she has a beautiful site called Garden of Her Womb. She's producing some really beautiful artworks, so I really encourage you to check her out on Instagram, Garden of Her Womb, or her shop page, www.gardenofherwomb.com. In this week's episode, Vivi and I explore this idea of homecoming and what it means to come home to ourselves and what that means for our origin, our identity, and our destiny as women of God. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's interview with Vivian. Welcome, Vivian, to the Genius Podcast. It's such a joy to have you joining us from Sydney. So another fellow Aussie in the studio today. So welcome. Oh, thank you so much, Karen. It's so lovely to come on. Yeah, it's such a great blessing to have you. You know, I came across you on Instagram, I think it was last year. When did you start your Insta account? I actually started at the beginning of this year. So it's all oh, it's this year. Yeah. There you go. Right at it's, all, it's all a blur with lockdown, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. <laughs> So um, I remember coming across it and what attracted me to it was your logo is very similar to the Genius know, Project yeah, logo. Very similar colour scheme. It's so funny yes. how happened. Great minds, great minds. Think Absolutely. And <laughs> so that's why I thought, oh, I like this already before I even <laughs> got in to have a look. But you produce and you are producing some really beautiful artwork centred around, I guess, the saints and living our life as Catholic women can you tell us a little bit about your artwork how it came about what your vision is for what you're doing that is a huge question it is (laughs) (laughs) um well it really came about from motherhood basically I think it was born through motherhood as well so when I first became pregnant I remember just I'd never felt that close to our lady in my life like it was like she was standing right there with me and it was just that feeling of, oh, like, this is this is exactly how you felt. Like, those little kicks in mouse or whatever it might be. Um, I was just, yeah, that was the excitement. And then um, following on from that, uh, I think it was just such a radical change for me to completely slow down. And I think mm-hmm. becoming a mum for anyone is, is life-changing. Absolutely. But, um, in my faith, I just found that I really clung on to, to my faith to sort of helped me through all those difficult moments. Um, but it, it more was just, I think, especially becoming a mom in 2020 during a pandemic, um, it was just the time. It was honestly like a year-long retreat. That's what it felt like. Just oh, time. So it was and, a good experience. Oh, it was beautiful. It was just being able to be in silence and and meeting God in those places. And it was just 
And from there, my faith just was like, I've always had the faith. I grew up Catholic, but becoming a mother just changed it exponentially. Like it just grew to the point where it was bursting at the seams. So really Garden of Her Womb, my, my, all my artworks sort of um, came from this place of just wanting to share, just wanting to share that. That's all I, I just wanted a platform, almost like an open journal. Really as an artist, you're constantly putting your heart out on your sleeve and yes. for anyone and everyone to sort of take it or leave it. Um, yeah, so it came of really that place of um, just wanting to share what I had experienced and, and the closeness mm. that I have felt from both Our Lady and both of God. So, um, mm. yeah. It's beautiful. And it's really that coming together of, um, I guess, vocational calling, isn't it? Like your vocation as a wife and a mother. But mm. then I guess the beautiful birth of this personal vocation that you have to, I guess, give glory to God through the artwork that you're producing with Garden yeah. of Her Womb. Definitely. It was, it's amazing. I remember actually feeling on my wedding day, I was so nervous in the beginning. I'm sure like everyone is, I was so nervous in the beginning. And then it was like a switch and it was like, I'm ready. Like I'm, I'm yeah. completely ready. Like, and you just like this overwhelming sense of calm. It was very yeah. similar to becoming a mother. It's like, this is exactly what I was made for. Yes. And, just, and you had that really strong sense. Did you? Mm, oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Well, look, I think when um, when we, I guess, come to the fullness of who we are created to be, there is that sense of peace, isn't there? And that sense of almost like coming home to ourselves, being, mm-hmm. I guess, really comfortable in who we are. And that's, I guess, the theme for this podcast this week is this idea of homecoming. And so you and I are going to unpack that across a few different areas. But I think just starting with this idea of coming home to who we are. Mm. is a really important one and I think there's a lot of freedom that we find when we do come home to ourselves and it's not so much this individualistic I guess worldly sense of discovering who you are and you know we hear things like travel the world to find myself and absolutely like you know self-made millionaire or you become who you're meant to be that kind of self-actualization it's not that because as Catholics where yes there's some truth in this self-actualization but it's more there's a different perspective in that we're coming to the truth of who we are and who we are as God's daughter and God's creation Mm. and so this idea of homecoming is something that's really been on your heart you were sharing with me in recent weeks tell me a little bit about what that means for you absolutely so um you know I think that in multiple times in our life we have all different encounters with God but the one that stands out to me the most was um when I was in hospital so we were on day four with Louis like day four of being a new mum and uh, it was the day we were actually leaving and we were going home and I was reading the gospel passage for the day and it was um whoever receives a child in my name receives me mm-hmm. and just at that moment and, and the sun was rising and it was early in the morning husband sleeping next to me baby sleeping in my arms and um I just had this overwhelming presence and quite a fatherly presence and it was as if God was saying I am so proud of you and he was saying um Mm -hmm. you know I'm so proud of you and the excitement that you feel to take Louis home today is the the exact way I feel about taking you home to your true home in heaven and it was Mm -hmm. just I think if anyone has an encounter with God similar to that sense would know it's just com- so transformative. 
And just in that moment, yeah, he was like, I, I'm just so excited to take you home to your true home. You, your husband lying next to you and the baby in your arms. And it, that was it. And it was just so transformative for me mm. in my relationship with God and understanding. And once you have a heavenly perspective and, and that perspective of, yeah. you know, there is that divine plan where God wants to be in union with us in complete happiness, you know, and just imagining, you know, heaven is just such a beautiful thought in itself. But in that sense of um, coming home to yourself, I think um, that really drew out my authentic self. Mm. I feel like everything that you see on, on Garden of the Room or my artworks from now until, yeah, from, from then until now, have just been this reflection of it's like I can exhale it's like this is oh like this is who I am and, yes. and it's yes. just so peaceful like you said um to just be in your authentic self because mm -hmm. God knows who that is and he'll draw that out and he he exactly. tends to the garden of your soul and he works there and when he does that and when he reveals your most authentic self that's the person who's designed for heaven. That's the person who will come home. So absolutely. As a person. And there's yeah, and there's this, um, like you, you touched on, this sense of peace, like the, this sense of homecoming. Like, I mean, for some people, well, home has not been a great place, yeah. right, growing up. So I'm really blessed in that it was a beautiful place for me. So I carry a sense of home within me. But I have friends that are very close to who grew up in homes, you know, that had a lot of trauma or violence or they just absent parents or pain mm. and they are, they have struggled throughout their life to find a sense of home because I think when we carry a sense of home within us it's it gives us peace it gives us freedom but it grounds and anchors us in a sense of security yes. um, and so there are some people who haven't had that but the beautiful thing about following Christ is that all of us can have that because yes we have this earthly home but like you touched on we have this eternal home and this eternal perspective that really allows us to overcome and for Christ to restore all those broken parts of our story mm. and so he is calling all of us to that sense of security peace and freedom in that homecoming to relationship with him yeah, absolutely yeah absolutely it's really I think your faith and, and your relationship with God it's a person and you and you can find your home in that person and you can rest in in him um and it's, it's interesting you say that because I remember our, our first lockdown initially and, you know, being away from, from Mass and the church is um, uh, every, every Catholic would know in, this, in these conditions. Yes. It's really difficult. <laughs> mm. um, and I remember when we were allowed to come back and I, I didn't realise I would feel like this, but it, it literally just felt like coming home. Yes. It was like, again, that yes. moment of, of peace and, and just exhaling and being like, wow, like this is, I didn't realise how much I missed it mm -hmm. and I didn't realise how much it was a home for me because, yeah, like you said, it's, people may not have a really good experience with the nature of home and that safe and secure place. Um, and it's interesting, it, like it doesn't have to be a church. God is everywhere, right? And mm -hmm. he, he met me there in that hospital ward, in the maternity ward in the yes. early hours of the morning. So I think, yeah, you if you place your sense of home in him, yes. I don't think that you will ever lose that sense of safety and security. 
Absolutely. And I think that is it's very much about cultivating an interior life of prayer. And we had Claire Dwyer on the podcast last week and she's just, isn't she beautiful? I just love that woman. Yes. Did you read This Present Paradise? Again, I have not read. I've got a few oh, that's, that's all good. You're a new mom. It's hard. I know. <laughs> Yeah. But she, her book is beautiful. So if you can, you know, put that on your top five list. Mm-hmm. But she really talks about, she's talking about St. Elizabeth of the Trinity and, and her idea that we are called to be channels of God and God's grace and that we carry that, that him within us, the Trinity within us right here, right now. Wow. And so this idea of coming home to him, but him also making a home in us so mm-hmm. that we can fulfill, I guess, our call, our mission, our vocation as well oh definitely I've heard this thing recently Karen where um uh people they were sort of saying that men have to go to the mountains to find God in in scripture whereas um in scripture you know God always comes to the woman he meets her at the well or he meets her in her home or so it's a sense of you know as as women God really meets us where we are he knows that you know we're busy taking care of the rest of the world we can't just leave and go climb a mountain so yes absolutely and I think you pick up on a really beautiful point there that he does come to meet us and there is a beautiful quote in Claire's book about I think Saint Elizabeth of the Trinity's quoting just how he's there amongst the peanut butter and the snot and the (laughs) pooey nappies and all the chaos like that is where he actually comes to meet us and I think Part of this idea of homecoming is, I guess, growing. And and one of the, I guess, the hallmarks of the feminine genius is that spirit of receptivity. Mm. So as women, it's about cultivating a receptive spirit so that we can receive the Lord into us. Absolutely. Yeah. I I think I'm interested in your own life. Like how do you cultivate, I guess, that receptivity to really encounter the Lord and to carry him in your vocation? Wow, that is so beautiful. Um, like you said, it's that interior life. It comes down to prayer. I don't think that um, God would have met me there if I wasn't already having conversations with him, if I wasn't already reaching out to him. I think if you open the door slightly, he He pulls the handle right open. You know, he will always come through for you. He's always on the other side. I think it, but it's always an invitation. So it's about you being able to say yes and you being able to receive. Um, and it, it could be the smallest yes um, that might open that door wider or that constant yes. But um, yeah. it's interesting. I, I love what you're saying about how God comes to meet us there amongst the peanut butter and the snot. It's just, yeah, <laughs> I can relate. Like, <laughs> totally. Yeah, the amount of times like up in the morning and in the middle of the night and that's where I'll have the richest uh, conversation with God or I remember even when Louis was going through his teething stages I I was reading sort of the way of the cross through all of that and it just put everything into perspective for me um, in terms of how to receive him and how to how to bring him in this mm. environment I guess and in this life yeah Absolutely. And I think my kids are now 14, 12 and 10. So we, we couldn't have kids for six years. And then we had three and just, done, you yeah. know, three years. And uh, we were said to the sisters, please stop praying. Yeah. <laughs> now, mm-hmm. But um, I remember those early years and those early months of breastfeeding in the middle of the night. And my kids, it was like 
because we couldn't have kids for six years, it was like God said, okay, here you are. And I threw <laughs> up solidly for nine months with all my kids, wow. horrifically wow. threw up. And then none of them slept for the first year. They all had terrible reflux. So oh, we were so sleep deprived for so long. And I remember those nights where you're just, you're nodding off yes. as you're feeding <laughs> and you're like, oh my gosh, did I drop my baby? Oh, exactly. Yes, definitely. But, there is a temptation there to, you know, pick up the phone and be breastfeeding and on the phone yeah. and keep it. But yeah. you know what? I really gave myself to that season, at, like you you were talking about, just those sacred hours of the night mm. and, and with that little baby, like just entering deeper into prayer oh. and God totally, I guess, giving the grace and fortifying me to, to keep getting up and to keep loving during those times because sleep deprivation is really tough on people. Oh, it's really <laughs> Yes. Yeah, but I think it's, and it's that choice of turning towards Jesus mm. in the midst of whatever we're doing. So whether it's breastfeeding in the middle of the night instead of picking up our digital pacifier, yes. it's just, <laughs> you know, leaning into him, saying yes to him because he wants to meet us. But so often, like in our current age of distraction, mostly with social media, we're just very flighty, aren't we? Oh, we're not absolutely. often present to the present moment. And what, how God wants to meet us, I guess, in the mess. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree with you there. I think I um, coming into it, I knew that I was going to have so much time to just sit and feed the baby. And so I, I was so particular about starting good habits in the beginning and and using your phone for the good I know yeah I understand where you're coming from I, I like a bit of a mix with and without sure absolutely but, um, yeah if I was going to use it it was going to be I'm going to be reading something or I'm going to be praying yes. whatever it might be using it for the good rather than mindlessly scrolling because you can That's spend it. your life doing that so Yes, absolutely. And even now, you know, as a mum with kids, like it's just for me putting some good boundaries around that for being present. But I think coming back to this idea of homecoming, I wanted to um, pick up on something that Pope Benedict said a long time ago, and and it sort of ties in with vocation. And I guess guess you're illustrating that really beautifully with your vocation of motherhood, but your vocation with your art as well Mm -hmm. and your call there. But Benedict talks about this leaving and returning as well. And I might read this quote to you because it's quite beautiful. He says, the exodus, the going out, or rather God's free act of creation, is indeed ordered towards the redditus, the return. Mm-hmm. The creative, the sorry, the creature existing in its own right comes home to itself. And this act is an answer in freedom to God's love. I really I like those two words the exodus and the redditus that just that going out and the returning and St Thomas Aquinas picks up on this too he uses a river returning to its source Mm. and I really I quite like this Saint Irenaeus is similar he talks about how we go out but we also come back and we look at our life as children growing up young adults moving out and then our faith journey it is this constant leaving and returning that's just woven through our life yeah absolutely that yeah and you go through seasons of coming in and coming coming back I think that's really that's so beautiful. I'm trying to think of where I've experienced this. I think in my life, yeah, and it's that, that time of, I think, um, desolation and consolation. Like the interior life has that up and down. It does. So 
you might feel like God is here and I might feel like like God is within this this realm of motherhood and this early stage, but um, he might not be. And what happens then? Like what mm-hmm. happens when, when God is silent? Because most of the time he, he is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's sort of like yeah. taking that silence and really making an effort to listen. And it's that yeah. plan of life as well. How do you how do you make an effort to go out to meet God there when he's coming yes. to you as well? So, Absolutely. Yeah. And like we mentioned before, just cultivating those good habits in prayer as well mm-hmm. and realising, you know, Psalm 23, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that those difficult times never last forever. We do eventually move through them. And I guess holding on to that faithfulness of that leaving and re- coming back. Yeah. And like it's a, it's a constant yes. It's it's saying yes and then saying yes again and over again yes. and getting up again and beginning again. Um, you know, we're not perfect people. <laughs> we're Mm-mm. constantly going to fail. We're, we're human. And it's also, yeah, just being careful of putting that pressure on other people I guess, um, because they're human too and they're going to make mistakes and putting your your sense of self and your worth and your home in God and in your faith into perspective. Yes. Now, we we touched base on this before the podcast. I asked you if you'd read the book by Henry Nguyen, um, The Prodigal Son, The Return of the Prodigal Son. You mentioned that you hadn't yet, but it's so I'm giving you your reading list when you start reading, second top book. But he really beautifully packages this idea of homecoming and he uses this, this is his book here, but he uses this Rembrandt painting of The Prodigal Son. Now, I always found this picture to be quite dark and depressing until I read Henry Nguyen's book on it. And in the book, they give you your own little picture. Oh, beautiful. And I remember uh, this happened many years ago where I read it, but I spent 18 months in adoration just meditating on this idea of homecoming. And Mm. he really highlights this idea of the ultimate homecoming is coming home to our sense of our belovedness. Mm. So our sense of identity as God's children, as his beloved daughter. Mm. And I think when we understand our identity as the beloved, then that's where we experience that peace, freedom and joy to really be who that God has created us to be. Absolutely, yeah. That is just, yeah, it's beautiful. And I love that he uses an artwork. I think that for me is huge because it connects with you. You never know how, and like you said, it's quite dark. It's, it's very realistic. It's very Renaissance. Um, so, you know, it's very easy to just walk past it. It's like every other maybe Renaissance painting you've ever seen sort of similar. But the way that it draws him closer to God is such a mm. huge thing for me. Um, and I love how, um, Henry now, yes, I haven't read it, but I have heard a few reflections about it. I love how he, um, you know, when we hear the story of the prodigal son, we're very quick to place ourselves in the younger son. And yes. Oh, yes, so that's me coming back to the father. Um, but I love how he places himself in each of the characters. So he's mm-hmm. the elder son as well, and he's the father. Um, you know, in the way that the elder son, you know, he, he does everything right. He stays with his father. He ticks all the boxes. Um, and then yet he's so jealous when the younger son comes home and his father throws a feast. So it's, it's as if, like, you know, I'm a good Catholic. I do all the things. I go to Mass on Sunday. I'm so, you know, I've been here this whole time. I've never left you, God. But yet it's like how, how deep have you gone? It's that interior life. It's those levels. It's those um, seven castles. 
Um, yeah, so yes. it's really, really interesting to, and then again, the father. So placing yourself into yes. someone who's receptive, into someone who's forgiving and loving and, and ready with open arms to, to receive people, mm. but also to receive God. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you pick up on the parable of the prodigal son and, and I think this painting. So what Henry Nguyen does is he brings those both together in a beautiful way. And what happened for me was this experience of meditating on the parable and the painting mm. and then having it. He talks about how we can have this head knowledge, how things can we can understand them on an intellectual level. But when they actually descend into our spirit, into our soul, and they actually become a part of who we are, I think that's where we experience this kind of breakthrough and this transformation where that, you know, that descending down into the soul. And, and for myself, it was like that picture of the prodigal son became something that happened within my spirit. And I think what you say is, is true, recognising ourselves in each of those characters. And I think recognising ourselves in the elder son is often far like, we don't want to do it, yeah. but we probably more often identify with those levels of reject, self-rejection and resentment, bitterness, jealousy. How we actually deal with that is yeah. really important. Absolutely. I was thinking even with the, the younger son, um, I love, I just got the scripture here. I might actually read it, this one line. So he's approaching home and it says, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him was filled with compassion for him he ran to his son threw his arms around him and kissed him and I just I love that it says but while he was still a long way off like we're mm. not perfect and we're not even close to heaven and God is still meeting us right there um which is just yeah beautiful I found yeah, it is beautiful. And I, I love the fact that, you know, this idea that homecoming literally for him, but, but he lost everything. He mm. lost like all of his possessions, but he also lost his dignity mm. and, and in a sense his identity. And it was when he actually returned home that he could reclaim his identity as the son. And I think for us as women, that is our invitation as well. There's that invitation to come home to ourselves, home to the Lord in us as the beloved and mm -hmm. to recognise that that is our origin, it's our identity and it's our destiny. It's actually in that place that we discover our personal vocation and mission, what it is we're uniquely called to do. It comes out of that place of homecoming and identity. Absolutely. And um, it's your identity is exactly where the devil will attack you first because he knows once he has you there, you yeah. know, that is the biggest thing that will, will withhold you from God. I'm not good enough. I'll never be good enough for God. Um, you know, I'm way too far gone. I can't come back home, um, that sort of thing. So I think that if once you know your worth in, in God and once you know, it's just it's like a, a window shattering. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, everything just falls away and you, you realize you can see in that that sense of calm your authentic true self and who you are defined by God and not by anyone else um and once yeah once you really come into knowing that and believing that I think that's another thing like you might um you might know that and you might hear that many times like you're the beloved or mm -hmm. um but actually believing it that's is a right. completely different thing especially for women Yes. Um, especially for for mothers um again like as a mum there are there are many times where where you're alone but um 
And I can, I can see how very quickly you can fall into the lie that you're lonely, you're doing this all by yourself, you're the only one doing everything. These are the lies that you can be told. Um, but it's just changing that perspective and remembering I'm here with, with God. You know, I've got the army of prayer, everything that you need to, to succeed and, and using your suffering for, for growth and for transformation and, and for closeness with God. I think, you know, God's close to the brokenhearted. He's always right there with you. So. Mm. Absolutely. And I think you touched on something really important there is this greatest trap for us, particularly as women, is that self-rejection, mm. is the, the self-criticism, the condemnation that comes in that tells us we're not enough, that we're not measuring up, that she's doing this better than us, you mm. know, the comparison trap. But and, and then what that does is that that is one of Satan's greatest tools to tempt us because if we can get us to reject ourselves, then we're actually rejecting the image of God within us. Absolutely. And so that absolutely is one of the greatest traps. And so we are constantly called back to this core truth of our existence that we are the beloved. And that is where, you know, that, that beautiful scripture in, in the Gospels, this is my beloved on whom my favor rests. Mm. And so God's favor and Henry Nguyen talks about this in his book that we have to really hear the Lord say to us, you are my beloved mm. and my favor rests upon you. And that's a very personal message. And like you said, we need to get a personal revelation of that. It's not just enough to hear it. We have to meditate on it and ask the Lord to, I guess, bestow that identity upon us. And then we have to receive that as a gift. Absolutely. I think that it just comes back to our faith is a person. It's not, it's not a political debate. It's mm -hmm. not an argument. It's, it's not even a, a grand church. He's, he's a person. He's very real. He has a face. He has a voice. And he calls you and he calls you back home. Mm -hmm. He really does. Um, each and every person. It's not exclusive to people practicing the faith. It's um, not exclusive to Catholics or Christians. Um, he calls each and every single person in a different way. And it's just, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, it is beautiful. Now um, tell me, Vivian, like with this whole idea of homecoming and, and your experience, and I guess I'd love to weave in your artwork, your personal vocation. So you may have heard me talk in previous podcasts. Edith Stein talks about these three layers of vocation. So we've got our universal call to holiness. We're all called to love. Mm. We've got our um, the way, the primary vocation, the way in which we're called to love, whether that's religious life, marriage, single life. And then we've got our own personal, our individual vocation. So this idea that God calls every unique and unrepeatable human person mm. to a unique and unrepeatable mission. Mm -hmm. So I'm just wondering if you can share a little bit around, I guess, your sense of mission using your gifts, because often our mission is very intricately tied to our gifts and to <laughs> our, I guess, our unique design. So share with us a little bit about your personal vocation in this area and the gift of your art. Hmm. It's, uh, so, it's amazing to me because I think I was very blessed that God uh, gave me my gifts very early on. He revealed them very, very early on. I've always had a passion for art. I've always, I always knew that's what I wanted to do. I think when, you know, so many people were struggling in the later years of high school, I, you know, people keep asking me what I want to do with my life. And I think I was always like, not art, that's it. Um, okay, wow. 
whatever it is. Oh, that was very clear. Very, very clear. I remember being in kindergarten and just, I think I was drawing like a, a house or whatever it might, might have been. And like all the students started to come up and around my desk and I'm like, wow. And I was like, can't everybody do this? I was that's so amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was so, so funny for me. So that's a sort of a pivotal memory. And, and yeah. I think that um, it's very interesting as an artist as well, a lie that you're often told is you're not good enough or there's somebody mm-hmm. out there that's better than you. Um, or which, everybody's doing it, so why bother? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just it was a very subtle call from God, I think, that I always knew that, yeah, just I wanted to do something with it. And it's just interesting the way that he called it to me because when I was um, at university, I went, I didn't go to a Catholic university. So you can imagine art school was (laughs) very wild, different ideas completely. And it really, really tested me. And um, unfortunately, I didn't ever say I was Catholic. I didn't ever reveal that my artworks were very, subtly about um my faith so I think that um God really has a sense of humor that he's completely put my work out in the open for everybody like because he didn't share it you know those four years of university here it is for you know everybody to see which was yeah so funny so I think I was just very um it was that fear of being rejected it was did um, you have that when you set up garden of her womb not at all. No. Not at all. Yeah. It was as if he just took, like, he takes the pencil and he writes the story. It was yeah. very seamless. It was effortless. I didn't plan anything. I didn't think too far, um, which is really the relationship I have with God. It <laughs> really sets out my life. I very much put everything in his hands yes. um, yeah. and, and let him take it where he wants to take it. And it's amazing to see what he's done and, and the way that it's yeah. connected people and the way that people have responded to my work, something that I just never, you know, you could have an artwork in a gallery, but um, you won't ever hear from your audience what they might think about it. So it's been really special for me when people come to me and say, you know, your work just brought me to tears or it really helped me through this or even just like seeing you live out this motherhood is really helping me in this sort of area or whatever it might be. and all over the world, it's just, um, yeah. yeah, for such a time as this, it's really yeah, Absolutely. Beautiful. Amen. And, and what I love about what you're doing is you're doing this side by side. You're being a great mum, but you're also fulfilling your personal vocation. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes some women fall into this trap of thinking it's one or the other, that they have to choose mm-hmm. between the two. Obviously, the vocation as wife and mother, in terms of the practical way you live out your personal vocation, it has to be prioritised in that order. Eucharistic relationship with God, then yourself, then husband or religious life, children, then work. But I love the way in which you're able to do that with such joy and passion. Do you Mm -hmm. feel that they they complement and work together? Oh, absolutely. They have to. I think there's so many. I mean, if it wasn't for Louis, I wouldn't be doing what I was doing would be doing what I'm doing now I mean it so I just and that makes me think like you know with the the next baby what what is he going to do <laughs> with my life so it's just I get so much inspiration from my vocation as a mother and as as a wife definitely um and I think that that feeds so beautifully into my art and I always wondered even before becoming pregnant you know what what was my art going to look like in that 
time in my life mm-hmm. because I think as an artist, you're always drawing from your experiences. You're always drawing from the deepest parts of you. So I was so curious as to what that might be. And it's so, so wonderful that it just happened the way that it happened. So, yeah, but I think the two definitely are intertwining and constant with each other. And, I mean, technology in itself is beautiful. I've had to um, change my practice a little bit. So I'm actually trained in traditional painting and photography, which are quite different. Yes. Um, and being a mum, obviously, you can't really get out all the paints and make it. <laughs> Not with a toddler. No. <laughs> so, so there's some interesting point. wall art. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm waiting till we sort of buy a house and I'll let him just unleash on the walls. That's my dream. Yeah. <laughs> um, Good on you. Yeah, so it's just that um, using a digital medium, digital drawing and, and transitioning into that which is really um, used more for designers. So I'm not trained as a designer, I'm trained as an artist. Um, I mean, when you give an artist designer tools, that's sort of what happens. So it just um, became this effortless, very um, almost addictive way of working that I just was. And also um, God is, is endless. He's an endless fountain of inspiration. And you can always, always draw something new from what he has to say to you so I think in that sense I've never I've never had an experience as an artist where I've been so filled with inspiration and ideas it just doesn't stop yes as an artist it's so difficult to find things and draw things and create something um worth doing whereas this is just again it's come so effortlessly it just has to have his fingerprints on it because it's not from me definitely absolutely and so whether it's art or whatever form it takes when women are discovering their personal vocation and mission it's seeing where the fingerprints of God have been Mm -hmm. over their life and Mm -hmm. we say that you know they leave clues don't they when we we see that and then stepping into that. So as we wrap up, I'm interested in what little pearls of wisdom you might have for women out there in terms of, I guess, whether it's around identity or personal vocation and using your gifts. Ooh. So I'll put you on the spot now. Yeah, that's a <laughs> um, I think that, um, again, it comes back to, I mean, in sense of identity, I think if you start to look at your faith as a person, you know, if um, if the scripture is is his voice and is his word, then um, the blessed sacrament is his face. And using adoration, using that that time of prayer to really get to know God, like just to get to know the God who loves you, and He will reveal to you uh, what your gifts are and what yeah. you what your you know the plan of your life is. So, I think that just reframing your minds yeah to, to see yeah. god as a person as a real living breathing flesh and blood person yes um yes. is definitely important and i think that paves the way for for most of it i could say a lot of things but i think i might stick with that one as the sounds main. good the pearl <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, thank you for joining us, Vivian. It's so lovely. And then if anyone wants to check out Vivian's artwork, I really recommend it, Garden of Her Womb on Instagram. Um, Do you have a website? You have a store, don't you, where people can purchase? So tell us a little bit about where to direct people to. Yeah, so you can find the link in the uh, in my Instagram bio, but it's just gardenofthewood.com. And um, again, it's just an opportunity to share it with you if you want a piece of of God in your home just to grow closer to him. I mean, if any, if it ends up like 
uh, Rembrandt's The Return of the Prodigal Son and it draws you closer that's my job done even if it's just one person so well I hope you enjoyed that interview with Vivian please check out her Instagram page Garden of Her Womb and her shop page on her website www.gardenofherwomb.com We have some very exciting news here at The Genius Project for you this week. We are going to be announcing the dates for our live virtual Catholic women's event. So stay tuned for that. That's going to be an opportunity where you can gather online. It's an incredible platform. We used it at the end of the year, totally not like a Zoom. I think everyone is Zoomed out. This is a platform like nothing you've experienced and we will be bringing you a high-end live virtual event to really just sew into you. I think so many women are doing it tough at the moment and this live virtual event will be an opportunity for you to gather and hear some amazing speakers. We have got the most beautiful women lined up to just unpack wisdom, encouragement and formation for you at this live virtual event. So stay tuned. If you like what you've heard on the Genius Podcast, can I ask you to leave a review and share the link with your friends? You can also check out the live interview video recording on our YouTube channel, The Genius Project. I hope and pray that you have a beautiful week, that everyone is surviving all of these lockdowns and the pandemic and just praying for you all. Have a beautiful week and God bless you.